Hey, do you do that thing where you tell your kids or a friend, text me when you get home, or maybe your mom calls to say, hey, just wanted to make sure you got home safe? All the time, and when they don't, you don't, you're just stay there like, not really asleep, waiting to hear that little ding. Well, good news. Apple just announced a new iOS 17 feature called Check-In. That's going to make it easier to communicate with loved ones about your safety. The feature will send automated updates to selected contacts to let them know when you've arrived at your destination. Hmm. It can track where you are along your journey and send automated updates when you become delayed or deviate from that route. Plus, share your location. So it's a it's a dream for moms and dads, a nightmare for kids who are young adults trying to branch <laughs> out and be independent. <laughs> so true. Oh, I had a memory come up this morning, Taylor. Uh, I mean, a real memory, not a Facebook memory. A memory come up of when I was a kid and my mom said, you two, me and my brother, you two need to clean your room. And we tried to pull one over on her. And my own kids tried to pull the same thing over on me. They'll share what it was and see if you didn't do the same thing when you were a kid. Or maybe your kids have done it to you recently when you said, clean your room. Did you ever do this when you were a kid? Uh, Your mom said, clean your room. And you said, okay. And you shoved everything under the bed or shoved it all in the closet, right? And you uh, thought you could get away with it. I think I still do that as an adult. <laughs> I'm going to get to that in a minute. But the yeah, the, my brother and I, one time, we were taking a family. It was just a day trip to the beach. And my mom told us the night before, this room needs to be spotless mm-hmm. or we're not going tomorrow. Ooh. And this was like cooler packed, towels, raft, everything's in the car. Dad's like, dad's warming up the car, getting the AC going. So the car will be cool enough when we get in the car. And uh, my mom comes to check the room and we're like super proud. Look, it's all clean. And she looks under the bed and we had literally shoved every, this room was like, looked like a bomb went off, shoved everything under the bed and we did not go to the beach. No, the whole family suffered. Nope. We did not go to the beach. She told us, she told us. And then my own kids, they did the same thing. They did the same thing, right? Shove it under the bed. And this all connects to my my devotion today. If you guys don't do any like scriptural reading in the morning, highly recommend it. It'll change Mm -hmm. your life. So I'm reading today and it's in Matthew 5, which is the Beatitudes are in there. But there's also Jesus upping the ante on everybody. He's basically saying, you know, don't shove stuff under your bed. He's saying, you know, you've been told don't kill. But I'm telling you, if you speak badly of someone, it's just as bad. And I've thought of the same thing. I thought, oh, my gosh, that's like the spiritual equivalent of shoving stuff under your bed. Going like, hey, look, Jesus, I can kill anybody. He's like, yeah, but you were talking bad about people, right? Mm. Hey, look, Mom, I cleaned my room. No, you didn't. It's all shoved under your bed. (laughs) It made me think of that this morning when I read that scripture. I was like, and we all do it. You know, like as adults, we do it. We we like, you know, walk around as if we've got our spiritual act together Ah, and underneath we're bad. Battling like a duck, right? Just when you thought it couldn't be done, I invented a new way to hurt myself. <laughs> Happened yesterday. I'll tell you all about it in just a minute. So just when you think you can't come up possibly with a different way to hurt yourself, I did it. Yesterday, I was doing this workout video. There's this lady my um, sister told me about on YouTube called Sydney Cummings. Okay. And she guides you through a weightlifting routine. And there's music in the background. And she's like super motivational. Like, you got this. Like, I'm doing it right along with you. That whole thing. (laughs) The difference Um, is she's barely breaking a sweat. (laughs) uh, She Actually, she does get kind of sweaty. Like oh, okay. She tries to show it real. Say, some of those workout videos, um, they're all like smiling the whole time. Like, I yeah. hate you. I hate well, you. I'll, I'm will, dying and you're smiling. <laughs> I will admit, sometimes her pep talks during the cool down 
start to really annoy me and I have to turn her <laughs> off. I can't do it anymore. Okay. And so, then I'll come out of the workout. We have a just a little tiny bedroom upstairs that we turned into a workout room and I'll come out and Glenn will go, so you feeling motivated? Because he can kind of hear her voice at the end. <laughs> but she was trying to guide us to do this thing I'd never seen anyone done before. And you know, there's planks. Those are tough. And then there's four-arm planks. Those are tough. That's where you, you're um, like horizontal to the ground and you're, you're elevated on your, the tips of your toes and your elbows. Yeah, right? and you're using your core. Okay. And um, she was like, hey, today I want you to try a weighted forearm plank. I'm like, at first I, I did the first one and I'm like, nope, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I just did it by itself and it was hard enough by itself to hold that position. And then I was like, you know what? She keeps saying, just come on. You got this. Just keep trying. And so I got out a dumbbell like she did and I put it on my back, my little lower back area like she did. And I go to get in plank position and it rolls up my back into my head and then (laughs) slams on the floor so loud that my husband comes running. He's like, are you okay? He came all the way up the stairs. I go, no, I had a dumbbell hit me in the head. He's like, why did that happen? I said, look at the TV. I was trying to imitate her. Thanks a lot, Sydney. Who's who's the dumbbell here? <laughs> if you're new to the Kevin and Taylor show, you don't know this. Taylor has a long history. I mean, as long as I've known you, and that's over 20 years, of hurting yourself. Yep. Uh, my favorite Taylor hurting herself story was when a couple of kids came by to do a video. They had to like follow around somebody, like a job they wanted to do, go and video, spend the morning with them and video them. They wanted to be on the radio, so they were videoing us. And Taylor goes, I'm going to show you how radio personalities, if you got to go to the bathroom, here's how you do it. There's a three-minute song on. Come on, follow me. And she ran down the hall. Took a corner, a corner she had taken probably a thousand times successfully. And literally, while these children were filming, ran into a wall. Slammed it. Like, yeah. head turned away. Like, come on, guys, follow. <laughs> <laughs> but it gets even better. The yeah. kids had to show the video to the entire school. <laughs> and they edited the wall slam, so it repeated like 30 times. Like, into it, like, boom, successively, boom, right? Boom, boom, boom. boom. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. I wish I had a copy of that. Didn't the, the school was associated with like the school of with a church, a church sponsored school, and didn't the pastor get word of it? So he showed it on like Sunday morning or something. I think so <laughs> I forgot about. It. I think my I, I had PTSD that, that out of my head. <laughs> that is my favorite of all, and there are many, many good ones that come close to competing mm, with that one for comedic that one's effect. Up there, yeah. But that is my favorite Taylor hurting herself story. <laughs> He's captured on video, and then those kids ran with it. (laughs) So embarrassing. Hey, do you like your job? If you said yes, consider yourself very blessed. Hmm. According to a new survey, more than half of employees are sour on their jobs. No kidding. Not engaged, doing the bare minimum to get by. They also feel psychologically disconnected from their employer. Could be that they're working at home. <laughs> uh, well, that good. would be that would lead to feeling disconnected, right? Good news if you're the boss, you can help them change things around. Um, here's here are the things that created a shift to feeling good about work: uh, recognition for contributions, more approachable managers, more autonomy and room for creativity, greater respect. More remote work and better pay and benefits. How does more remote work make you feel more connected? 
That I don't. I think those two are contradictory. I think you? most people just don't ever talk to the boss. Yeah, he. They just don't like he. That the boss is too busy. Well, I do. So I can see where they would feel psychologically I being, disconnected. Being our, our, I love our boss. His, his name's Val, and he's got the corner office. So when I pass by there, and here's what we do: I go, "Hey, Val," and he goes, "What up, Kev?" Every day. And for guys, that's like that's a bromance. We're practically yeah, we're practically <laughs> best friends. <laughs> He's probably listening right now going, no, we're not. (laughs) Please don't tell people that. (laughs) Hey, do you have a cool accent? Maybe everyone knows you're from the South or from Canada. Well, coming up, there's a new dialect emerging in Florida. Hey, do you have a cool accent? For example, Kevin can easily imitate a Baltimore Balmer accent because he grew up there. Uh, how, um, how do you know that's not how I really talk? And this is the imitation. Yeah. I mean, when you say certain <laughs> words, the Baltimore definitely comes out. Yeah. Like syrup. Well, you do with with Chicago. Every once in a while, yeah. yeah Chicago comes I out. think British accents are so cool. So this is pretty wild. There is a new dialect emerging in South Florida. It came about through a continued contact between Spanish and English speakers, particularly when speakers translated directly from Spanish. So here are some examples. Get down from the car instead of get out of the car. Hmm. Uh, locals often say married with. Kevin is married with t- with Tracy instead of married, married to. to. Hmm. They'll also say make a party. A literal translate <laughs> translation of the Spanish hacer una fiesta. And uh, thanks God is common in Miami. It's from gracias a Dios. Hmm. They take the S sound at the end of gracias and apply it to the English form. Thanks God. Hmm. So I, I just think it's so fascinating how language is always constantly evolving and developing. And there's a new dialect in Florida. Yeah, when you were saying there was an, a new dialect in Florida, I thought it was going to be Florida. Florid, Floridians all of a sudden had New York accents. Oh, that's been happening the, for years. Half of the people that live <laughs> yeah. from West Palm Beach and South are all transplanted yep. New Yorkers. My neighbors invited me to my very first ever bar mitzvah. Yeah. And they were New York transplants, New York transplants and about. went to the local synagogue. Have your kids gotten a party invitation recently? It seems like there's a million to go to all the time, right? Well, wait till you hear about this mom's very unique party invitation. Other moms are loving this. I'll tell you about it next. Okay, mom, be honest. Do you ever get stuck in the comparison trap when it comes to birthday parties and the perfect Pinterest-worthy theme party with all the little party favors that match and the decorations and the cupcakes have those cake toppers on it? Well, then you are going to fall in love with this mom She is making waves in the motherhood world with her birthday party invitation she sent out. Um, And she says, here's how it goes. You are invited to Ethan's fifth birthday party. This event is brought to you by Pinterest Fails in the Dollar Store. So please set your (laughs) expectations appropriately. And this mom goes on to, uh, to make fun of the random and picky nature of kids who have so many outrageous requests for their birthday and they change the theme about a hundred times before you get to that day. (laughs) So she wrote, and this is continuing in the invitation, as requested, the theme will be unicorns, but with rainbows and maybe bats, but there should be princesses and also Minnie Mouse and we need dancing lights, so dress accordingly. But please also pack a bathing suit and sunscreen 
in case your sweet baby angels decide the original plan stinks and the pool would be more fun. And then she also, uh, this is another reason why moms and dads everywhere have fallen in love with this mom. Um, she says, please feel free to drop your littles and go enjoy your life for a couple hours and mm. come back. <laughs> but that <laughs> veiled, I don't want you hanging out. I got this. <laughs> I love that letter. I can see why so many parents are enthused about her posting the party invitation, the party invitation with like all the disclaimers of how it's not going to be Instagram worthy and all this other stuff. Yeah. Because I mean, the pressure on moms especially is you can't just throw a great party. The party has to be, uh, look like it's the party to end all parties on social media for people you've never met. <laughs> it's just like ridiculous. You know, I mean, there are some, I don't know. You could post your kid like, Hey, I, I took my kid to space camp. They had a space camp at church and they made their own little space shuttle out of cardboard boxes. Isn't that cool? And then someone will pop. Oh, that's so quaint. Uh, my kid's going to be the first person on Bill Gates flight to the moon. So <laughs> just like, <laughs> yeah. how do you even compete with that, right. that kind of it's stuff? Tough. It's crazy. So it's been, I love that. She's just like kind of yep. pushing it, pushing that all to the side. Set your expectations aside. This is brought to you by Pinterest pale and the dollar. Fails in the dollar store, but you know who we've watched come full circle, and it's been so neat to see is our producer's wife, Sarah Griffin's wife. She remember she was doing the Pinterest worthy parties at the beginning, and she's evolved to where just recently she had a birthday party in the park with a pinata and hmm. kept it easy peasy. <laughs> so it's pretty neat to see her realize that it's 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 not all about being Pinterest worthy. This is your guarantee to put you in a good mood story of the day. Have you ever come up with a super creative way to save up for something big? Check out what this mom did for her daughter. Carrie is a waitress in Southern California. And 13 years ago, she had the idea to save all her dimes from work. Okay. With the goal of eventually using them to pay for a graduation trip for her daughter to go to Hawaii. I did every single shift for my girl for my girl. It's what we do as a parent. You just, you want to be able to give to them. Well, her daughter just graduated, so Carrie cashed in her dimes. By the way, her dad rolled them all for her and kept them safe at his house. And when they totaled it up, she had $5,665. What? Which was enough for her and her daughter to go to Oahu for seven days. It's her first ever trip to Hawaii and her daughter Violet wore a Hawaiian lei with her her cap and gown to go get her diploma. Okay, I think that's She's that great. excited. And I was really impressed, like, wow, that's sacrificial, saving all that money to send your kid to Hawaii. But she went with her. <laughs> yeah. She saved all the money so she could go to Hawaii and take she, her kid along. She's seen the movie Taken. She's not sending her alone. There's right. no way. Right. The only reason I'm going is to keep you safe. That's it. It's not that I want to go to Hawaii, too. I just didn't think that many people would pay for their food and cash <laughs> that you would have any dimes. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Teachers in a normal year have their hands full, right? But in these post-COVID years, they're having some very unique situations uh, with students in the classroom. We're going to talk about that next. So if you're a teacher or you have a teacher that you know and love, they've probably shared with you that post-pandemic, the classroom has changed a lot. And uh, teachers were surveyed, and guess what they say the biggest problem is? What? Attention span. They can't keep kids' attention span. And they've adjusted how they're teaching because of it. They're, They're doing lessons in way smaller segments 
than they did pre-COVID. I can only imagine because look at how horrible our attention span is as adults. I mean, you start talking to other people. Mm -hmm. I know this hasn't happened to you, Kev, or my husband, but so many of us have a hard time just sitting down and reading Mm. because we're so used to like little tidbits of information coming at us so fast. You can imagine with a child's brain. Right. Hundred percent of them uh, have a lot of work. Hundred percent of them say COVID's responsible. Eighty-five percent say social media has really devastated kids' attention span, and seventy-five percent of them said their kids are all daydreaming. It's mm. their their that's what they're being distracted by. They're literally daydreaming. Fascinating. So uh, hang in there, teachers. Maybe it'll maybe his kids get used to have one year under their belt, right? A full year post COVID. Maybe next year will be better. So uh, being a dad of daughters, it can have some challenges because, frankly, there are some scenarios that come up that you just don't have the experience for. You're just not equipped to deal with them. We're going to talk about that next. Me and your dad have something in common, Taylor. Yeah. We both got to be girl dads. Oh, yeah. Your dad had five daughters. I have four kids. Three of them are, are girls. And boy, it's, it is a unique job. I think God picks very special dads to be girl dads. And you're not always equipped for the job. Um, because there are scenarios and situations that are going to come up that you have no idea what to do. Like, I love those videos where uh, a dad has taught himself, like, how to braid his daughter's hair. Oh, yeah, that's so right? cool. Dads, mm-hmm. uh, guys don't grow up braiding hair. They just don't do that. Whereas you, you probably braided your sister's hair, right? So you, you would be equipped to do it when you got uh, when you got to be a, a mom or whatever. So, But dads aren't, they just don't know how to do that stuff. And the uh, country artist, uh, Dirks Bentley, Posted the other day. Have you heard about this, Taylor? He posted bra shopping with his daughter. <gasps> she must be mortified. Her, his poor daughter. Well, she posted too. They were both posting about it. They thought it was hilarious. Dad was 110% ill-equipped for the entire scenario. Um, drawing the line at like what they could buy, what they couldn't buy. Learning about like the different styles, sizes, and materials that are made with all of them. And he finally, out of frustration, after, I don't know, like maybe an hour, hour and a half yeah. at, at the department store trying to help his daughters, he just goes, we need your mom here. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say, we need a sales clerk. <laughs> we need your mama here to help navigate through I wonder how this. it started that that mom <laughs> sent dad off on uh, other than great social media. Like, how did they decide? Dad's the one. It's the, a rite of passage Who for knows, daughters, maybe, but dad's going to do it. Because it's happened to me just stumbling in. I remember taking my daughter's bathing suit shopping. And them, like, refusing to come out of the dressing room. Oh, yeah. Like, I want to get this one. I'm going to wear it to the pool, but I'm not coming out of the dressing room. Like, that makes no sense whatsoever. Because it's like doing a fa- a personal fashion show just for dad. That's awkward. So awkward. So if you're a girl dad, here's to you. Keep up a great job, Deb. Talking about uh, being a girl dad and how a lot of dads just aren't, aren't equipped for it. I always wore a badge of honor. I felt like I was uniquely equipped to have daughters. Um, I have our son, too, who I love, but but for for a dad, the daughter stuff can be kind of intimidating, but I think because I grew up largely with my mom, a single mom, um, I'm, I was just comfortable with all that stuff that a lot of dads yeah. are like, ooh, I'm not going bra shopping. Because mm-hmm. like my mom, like if she, I don't know, I can remember going to the beach with her friend, um, oh gosh, I can see the lady's face, I can't remember her name, anyhow, her friend, and she had two daughters. 
So it's like I went on like the girls' road trip. Yeah. It was the two of them and and the other the other ladies' two daughters and and me. I wonder if that's why you love TV shows like Project One Runway and you love shopping more than any guy I know. Well, my daughter April, she said the other day her her boyfriend was at her house and she had on some kind of like uber fashionista outfit. And he was he was kidding her about how much she loves to dress up. And she goes, oh, I, she goes, blame him. Yeah, <laughs> I believe it. So, yeah, my advice, by the way, dad, if you if you do have if you get shoved into like going bathing shoot, suit shopping duty or bra shopping duty, just embrace it. Resist the urge to like poke fun at yourself because that'll just make them uncomfortable. If you start making fun of how uncomfortable you are, that's going to make everybody uncomfortable. Just confidently go in there. Don't try to know stuff that you don't know. Ask a lot of questions and then you know, everything will, I think everything will go okay. But the thing that will make them feel uncomfortable is if it's, it's obvious that you're uncomfortable. So try to resist the urge to make jokes about that and everything will go fine. So do you have a little vision in your head? Maybe one of them's a dream of retirement. Like you always say your wife, Tracy, has got a bike with a basket in Italy with a a baguette in the front or yeah. France. I forget which European. Country, yeah. She doesn't care. Yeah. Either one. I'll take either one too. Like so that is a great dream. A bike, sunshine, and yeah. a loaf of bread in the basket. She's out. Exactly. So um, this is fascinating. Americans are in droves leaving big cities in states like California and they're going to more affordable places to live. And there's mm. this little teeny town in Indiana that offered cash and other incentives for people willing to live city life behind. So this family sold their home in California and they're like, yeah, we're going to go to this little teeny town in Indiana because they offered us coffee with the mayor and $5,000 cash and (laughs) unlimited golf. Wow. We'll never pay for golf again. And they're like, let's do it. I don't know how they can do that as far as like the winters in Indiana. Was it just one family or everyone in the town gets free golf? The fam- it's an incentive to anyone who moves there wow. and retires there. I wonder there. if it's difficult to get a tea time. <laughs> Probably. Because <laughs> so many people want to play free yeah. golf. Taylor, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much pressure do you think women are under in normal, everyday life to look and appear a certain way? Oh, man. 1 to 10. It, uh, it depends on your attitude, but overall in society, I'd say a 10. A 10? I, I think my wife would say an 11. And she had something happen the other day that she was really surprised. She did not expect pressure to come from this place to look and appear younger. We're going to talk about it next. I am sure there are a lot, if not all, women listening right now will relate to what my wife Tracy was feeling and she's already expressed some frustration with me when she goes to uh, the girl doctor that there are ads on the they have a little video screen where you're in the rating, waiting room and ads for weight loss mm, in the wow. doctor's office. Wow, I've never seen and that she's like, in my place. Wow. There's enough pressure on me and on women to be skinny and thin everywhere you turn. The last place in the world you want is when you're feeling most vulnerable, mm-hmm. when you're at the doctor, for them to be telling you, right. hey, you don't measure up because you got a few pounds on. And she's like, she was so disheartened by that because mm. those messages come at you nonstop, right? Yeah. So then she went to the dermatologist the other day. And in the dermatologist's office, on the video screen, ads for how you can get rid of those fine lines and wrinkles. Oh, I can so empathize with that because my doctor, I was here, I had skin cancer and then I started getting all these emails about their Botox sales. Right. And I was just like, what? 
and tried her, to unsubscribe. Her complaint was it's relentless. You can't even go to the doctor who's supposed who's supposed to help you be healthy without getting bombarded with messages about okay, you could you could make a case at the one doctor like, oh no, you've go you want to be a healthy weight. Which those messages, she said, were clearly not about showing like supermodels jogging down the beach in their bikinis. It clearly wasn't about health. It was about aesthetics. But at the dermatologist to be like, oh, we provide these services to help you undo years of whatever. She's like, isn't there anywhere left on planet Earth (laughs) where I'm not going to be made to feel like I'm not young enough, I'm not thin enough, or I don't look young enough or look thin enough. As if that's the goal of life, that you're supposed to be put in that box and lowered into the ground as the skinniest, youngest version that you can possibly be, and that that will be a life well lived. It's just so crazy. I think that's why that's so cool that she gets to come home every day to a husband that loves her and thinks she's smoking hot and beautiful because other women even when they come home they they don't get that support from their husbands so it's talk about relentless you know Mm. so i'm so glad kev that you as her husband oh love her so much and love her appearance when when she let her hair go gray i was like all right this, this looks great and now that it's fully grown out it looks fantastic she used to be my red haired curly hair, redheaded, curly haired, hot wife. Now she's my gray haired, curly headed, hot wife. But man, I feel for you, ladies. It is nonstop sometimes, isn't it? Do you have any weird phobias and fears? Like something you're just like, oh, I can't do it. Um, (laughs) My husband has a very, very distinctive phobia. No kidding. And it made headlines. His worst fear came true for somebody Hmm. the other day. I'll tell you what it is in just a minute. So we all have some weird fears and phobias, Kev. I always know your two big ones. Clowns. What's my other snakes. one? Snakes. Oh, yeah, Clowns snakes. snakes. I hate Equal, a clown with a snake. <laughs> <laughs> my phobia is creepy dolls. Cannot stand them, especially if one eye is open and one eye is shut. <laughs> uh, but my husband's big, huge phobia is what if someone put him in a casket and he was still alive? That's like his all-time phobia. What are the chances of that actually happening? Well, it just made headlines. No kidding. This woman in Ecuador, uh, 76 years old, she was declared deceased at the hospital. She passed away. So they started planning her funeral, and they put her body in a coffin, and they had this big, long wake for her, like... Um, I don't know if this is, you know, in the Ecuadorian culture, but people are filing by. They're coming to see the family. They're crying. Um, This is going on for like five hours. Okay. And all of a sudden they heard noise and someone was knocking on the coffin. No. From the inside. No. She was still with us. (laughs) And they got her out and took her back to the hospital. No kidding. So I was like, Glenn, Glenn, your worst fear came to life for this poor woman in Ecuador. So everyone pray for Bella Montoya because she is still with us. Wow. She is not in heaven. (laughs) What an ordeal she's been through. You ever felt judged? You ever felt like people just they don't understand what you've been through because they don't they don't know the rest of the story. Right. So I hope this encourages you today. People know your name, not your story. They've heard what you've done, but not what you've been through. 
So take their opinions of you with a grain of salt. In the end, it's not what others think. It's what you think about yourself that counts. And I would add to that, it's what God thinks about you. Absolutely. It really yeah. counts because in God's eyes, you were worthy of every last breath and every drop of blood that Jesus had to give. So I hope that encourages you today.